0: The AZ industry is rapidly changing, but your team doesn't have time to reinvent workflows for every new technology or client demand. ProjectWise, powered by iTwin, puts you in control and positions your firm for non-disruptive change. Whether you need to improve design quality, optimize existing processes, or even get started with digital delivery and digital twins, ProjectWise enables you to make the most of what you already have without starting over. Visit go.bentley.com forward slash podcast to see how ProjectWise is empowering AEC firms to do more with less. Once again, that's go.bentley.com forward slash podcast to learn more.
1: Welcome to Engineering Influence, a podcast from the American Council of Engineering Companies. My name is Alison Schneider and I'm here with Thomas Grogan, our Senior Director of Economics and Private Markets to discuss the economic outlook. Thanks for being with us.
0: Uh, Thank you so much, Allison. Very happy to be here. Uh, Very happy to be talking about the economic outlook and talk through uh, some of the data that's been released recently and what it means for the engineering business. Where do you want to start? Well, if we go to our first slide, I kind of like starting by setting uh, an overview of where we're gonna, what we're gonna discuss. So we'll first go through some of the data around the engineering business specifically, and then we will get into some, uh, just a few data series looking at the US economy at large. So the first thing we'll start out with is the census release of quarterly survey data uh, on our next slide, which shows the A and E revenues for the first quarter of 2023. And as you could see, it was a very good quarter. Year over year growth was about 10 and a half percent, totaling a little under $112 billion in revenue for the first quarter of 2023.
1: What is driving this growth?
0: Yeah, this, so it's a great question. Really, it's coming from fiscal policy and programs like uh, IIJA and a little bit of the IRA. A lot of money is being spent on programs around uh, bridges, airports, EVs, all that, and it's just starting to be deployed at the federal level, and there's a lot more funds that have not been released yet, so we can expect growth Uh, you know, for the next 12 to 24 months as more of that money uh, hits the street, as they say.
1: So what we're seeing now is that it's starting to deploy that money and we should be expecting this growth to continue.
0: Yeah, uh, whether it'll be, you know, continued 10% year over year growth, hard to exactly tell, but uh, it does not look like there would be declines in, you know, the next six to eight quarters. Uh, So that's a, a very good sign. Great. Uh, And so then the next data point I want to talk about is the construction data that was released looking at uh, the value of structures put in place. Uh, What we see is that series is growing as well. Uh, Construction usually follows the engineering design work and the kind of life cycle chain. What we see is total construction grew about 7% year over year uh, and totaled about $1.9 trillion. And you know that growth is great. We could even see when we take a step back and look at the growth uh, over the past few years, how much it's grown since uh, COVID. Uh, when we go to the next slide though, I think it's important to note that the growth is not even across all the industries. Uh, so what we see here uh, is that, especially in the past uh, 10 months or so, the non-residential private sector has really started to pick up, and the residential growth, which really boomed starting with the COVID pandemic, has you know declined a little bit and slowed down. And you really can see the point uh, in around May 2022 when residential spending starts to decline. That's essentially when the Fed started raising interest rates, thus affecting mortgage rates. And so that industry, is starting to feel a little bit of the, uh, you know, higher cost of borrowing. However, as we see on our next slide, the non-residential private construction is really picking up the slack. And when we look at the specific industries, we see that the largest growth by far is happening in the manufacturing sector. Uh, That has grown 82% uh, year over year when we look at year-to-date spending. And uh, that is expected to continue to be pretty strong into the future based on a lot of the uh, fiscal policies uh, that are in place as well.
1: You talked about the fiscal policy. Can you talk about some examples of the manufacturing products that are driving this?
0: Yeah, so there's been uh, a lot of emphasis on bringing a lot of the supply chain home supply chain home as well as the energy transition critical resources and this is being driven uh, recently through a lot of funding as part of the IRA and the Department of Energy's loan program office so these are mega projects uh, most recent example uh, announced last week is that Ford partnering with SK out of South Korea is doing about an 11 and a half billion EV uh, multiple battery f- manufacturing facility as well as assembly plant uh, in the, I believe, Tennessee, Kentucky area. That's about 11.5 billion dollars. Uh, a DOE uh, approved a loan for 9.2 billion dollars. So that's covering, you know, about 80 percent of the total project cost. And so it's these big mega projects. Could be something uh, with respect to semiconductor. Uh, fabrication as well and that's happening uh, a little more concentrated geographically compared to some of the other infrastructure spending which is more you know along the lines of formula funding where states are getting an amount based on something like population
1: so what we're seeing again here driving the numbers is that investment in America from the federal government
0: yeah, absolutely, and especially with respect to uh, the manufacturing, advanced manufacturing sector, what's powerful is that, for, you know, the federal investment that is being spent, we're seeing on the private side, uh, developers, financiers make up that difference to really move these projects along. So, in the example of the Ford project, you know, the total cost was about eleven and a half billion. The federal government isn't investing. Or, you know financing all of it, but they're financing a large portion of it and then that difference is being made up by the private side. And so you know these are data points that show the strength of the engineering business, you know in June 2023. Now obviously we are part of a larger economy. and so we'll kind of talk on a few uh, items that I think are relevant. Uh, just to, you know, U.S. at large, and that could have impacts for our business as well. So when we look at our next uh, data si- slide that we see, right, so a very hot topic, you know, outside the engineering industry is inflation and prices, how much things cost. And at the most recent Federal Reserve meeting, they kept interest rates the same. Uh, the data that they are looking at uh, is showing that prices are coming down somewhat, but not enough that they would like. Uh, however, it's not increasing. And so, you know, when we look at the price changes for different services, there's a lot of volatility, especially this time last year, due to the energy and food costs. However, when we look at uh, some of these data series, such as the All Items Less Food and Energy, they are declining a little bit, but they're not um, down as much as the Fed would like. I believe the all items, less food and energy is around 5% uh, growth year over year. Uh, additionally, in the U.S. economy, consumers, households, actually spend a lot of their money uh, on services, and so that's kind of what's driving or keeping prices uh, higher today not declining as much uh, you know, as we would like. And when we go to the next slide, I think it's important you know, to talk about not just the inflation affecting the households, but what does this mean for our industry? And we could look at the different cost indexes for the construction uh, and engineering firms. And what we see here is USDOT's highway cost index, uh, what the core CPI looks like, and ENR's material price index. And what we see is these inputs, the uh, gray and black lines have grown significantly compared to just household costs. So the cost of building a bridge or constructing a new building uh, is significantly higher uh, than uh, this time a year ago, three years ago, five years ago. The good news is uh, this data series that we have is based on USDOT's Highway Construction Cost Index uh, only went back to 2022, quarter three. What we're seeing in other material cost indices is that prices have come down a bit from that you know summer 2022 peak. And then finally, uh, you know, I think something that's important to keep in mind, you know, what will happen with prices, activity, if we look at uh, how people are basically behaving now, that's a big, let's say, real-time indicator of what's happening, happening economically. So if we look at data uh, on our next slide that looks at vehicle miles traveled and airline activity, what we see is we're about 90 to 95 percent of our pre-COVID levels. So you know, folks are traveling on their summer vacations or driving to the beach for, we have 4th of July coming up, things like that, uh, that is kind of a, a good sign that we are almost, let's say, back to normal in terms of, you know, life in America.
1: What does back to normal mean when it comes to the economy?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. What it means is people are leaving their house and doing stuff. It could be going to work, it could be going shopping, it could be going to doctor's appointments. All these activities essentially have costs, are you know functions of people wanting to either spend money or buy services that they need. This is often correlated with GDP growth, either positively or negatively. Uh, last time we saw these uh, travel activity metrics decline, say March, April of 2020, we also had negative GDP. Uh, the previous time, especially with respect to airline activity, we saw these declines as with the financial recession in 2008, 2009, uh, and also you know a bit of the 2000 tech bubble afterwards. So when people are going out and doing things, you know there's not one answer some of it is like i said they have jobs to go to or they have work to do which is obviously very good uh, but it's also they feel confident to go out and spend money and do activities and things that they want to do and so with it being close to normal it uh you know points well that while <clears throat> a lot of talk is, is there a recession, is things, are things gonna be terrible or not? I think it's fragile, but I think it's positive that we're seeing you know activity getting close to normal.
1: And it sounds like a lot of the sentiment out there is that folks are worried about a recession, but their own situation doesn't feel quite so precarious. We see yeah. that both on the consumer side and also with uh, the ACEC Research Institute, that's yeah. what their survey da- data shows as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and with the ACEC research data, what is very interesting and I think <clears throat> the more important piece about what will happen over the next 6, 8, 12 months is that backlogs are high, if not higher, um, depending on the firm size, which essentially a backlog is kind of how much business will you have over the next, you know, 6 months, 9 months, year. And with those not declining, you know, there's enough leeway to, continue as is continue to grow and not have to worry about you know some sort of major crash around the corner
1: positive information
0: yes absolutely
1: lots to look forward to lots to keep an eye on yeah thank you for joining us
0: thank you so much allison
1: this has been another installment of the engineering influence podcast from the american council of engineering companies thanks so much